And for us, when we do stuff with Rock Hill, it's giving back because right. this, this community has blessed us so, so much and, and, and we're proud to be part of it. And welcome to another episode of The Bandit Room. My name is Charles. I'm joined here in the studio today by Mr. Caleb. Hello. And across the table from me, we have Mr. Aggie. What's up? Welcome. Well, thank you. And oh, you did say welcome to me, right? Welcome. Yeah. Uh, I said thank you. Welcome. I just want to make sure there was a welcome. Yeah. yeah. And I'm thanking yes. for it. Yeah. Okay. And you're welcome for oh, that. Oh, thank you. For thank that you. welcome. Sure. Thank you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and before we get in an endless loop of thanks and welcomes, uh, our guest today is Mr. David Williams. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, thank you, and you're welcome, and everything else. <laughs> <I eat. laughs> welcome. Very I'm special. That's a good start, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. the red carpet. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> now, you are the, the CEO of Williams & Fudge. Your, your name is in the, the name of the company, so that was a significant role there. Um, tell us a little bit about what you, who you are. Uh, you grew up here in Rock Hill. You were just telling us a little story about how you, you used to come visit where this current office is as a child? Yeah, I mean, it, within this uh, mile radius of here, I've probably lived all but maybe seven or eight years of my life, so yeah. 40, 40 years or so of, uh, <laughs> wow. of, living, of living in this a mile radius. Okay. And uh, so it's pretty interesting to, uh, and, and y'all's space looks great. It's fantastic yeah. in here. But yeah, I, I grew up in Rock Hill, and um, matter of fact, we, um, my dad, my mom and dad moved here in 1975. My, my dad opened the putt-putt golf course, which was straight down Selenese when Selenese was a two-lane road where the Starbucks and the, um, yeah, the car car breaks. So where the Starbucks is now, there used to be a putt-putt golf? There used to be a putt-putt golf, This is fascinating already. It should have stayed putt-putt. It should have stayed stayed putt-putt. Aggie would have preferred it I would have preferred it. He I'm not a big fan of Starbucks, so yeah, yeah. I would have preferred it. Well, you know, and everything, I, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I mean, yeah. you know, he, he had putt-putt and then opened the game room in 1980, so I'm pretty good at, like, Frogger okay. and Pac-Man yeah, and yeah, some yeah. of those games because yeah. I was, yeah. you know, he worked all the time up there, so I was running around <laughs> sticking tokens in, playing a little uh, Frogger, Pac-Man, whatever, whatever was available. So, But, you know, then, and, and unfortunately, putt-putt closed. I mean, one of the things that happened with putt-putt is, you know, every, entertainment kind of went in with some of the video games right. that when you mm-hmm. had your own controllers and all of that and now we need family entertainment more than ever but um but yeah he yeah. opened it then so i was born a year later and yeah. um that's how that's how i ended up in rock hill huh. Fantastic. Cool. young man caleb do you know the games he's talking about mm-hmm. frogger yeah 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 i'm oh, yeah. familiar with they're frogger. probably taking <laughs> making quite a resurgence now oh um, yeah i mean there's yeah. there's like a whole set subset of like bars where you can go and play retro games like yeah, that yeah. um huh. drink there's and, one downtown yeah. right is yeah. it still there Yep. I love those. It's got one joystick and either one or two buttons, not like 15 <laughs> buttons like right. the ones that yeah. I did. Yeah. Right, right. And I'm like, I like, oh, A makes you run faster, B makes you jump. And they're like, well, you got C, D, E, F, G, H, I, and, you know, so. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and I've actually got a couple of uh, classic games in my basement now. Oh, so, do you? Uh, yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Very cool. Fantastic. Now, that, that is interesting because I, I there used to be a putt putt place here because I kind of I can't. I'm sure if someone were to open a putt putt place in Rock Hill, it would probably do well now. I think the only would. one nearby is in Fort Mill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it would, and it, it was interesting too because it was an actual putt putt golf course. Which, yeah. um, if you 
you, you, you may not remember, some of you may, but um, they, they would be on Sunday afternoon from 12 to 12.30. There was actually putt-putt that came on TV, and it was the green, you know, the green felt and then the orange rails. <laughs> so putt-putt was never, it was always made for competitive putting, not necessarily clowns, mouse, and ramps and all those yeah, kind yeah, of things. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so we had some uh, we had some pretty intense uh, putt-putt tournaments up there. And, uh, but really, I mean, when, when you think about this location and think yeah. about growing up here, the, right. the changes that have happened since that time when Putt-Putt was open in, in 75 till now is pretty incredible. And yeah. I've, I've been, you know, blessed to be a part of a lot of it and, and look forward to being a part of a lot more of it. It's going to be fun. So I got some inside news that uh, one of our common friend is having a proper professional Putt-Putt at his new house. Is that true? Probably. I think, <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think it's uh, I think it's a simulator, but uh, okay. But yeah, I don't, and he probably is going to have a putting course too. Right on. I think um, I, I was talking to uh, one of his brother-in-laws, and he said he went to show him the house, and uh-huh. um, he showed him all the basement stuff and outdoor stuff, and he's uh-huh. like, "What's all that up there?" And our common friend said, well, that's where uh, the bedrooms and all that kitchen and stuff is, but that's not important, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, um, which makes complete sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I recently joined uh, a club up in Charlotte uh, called In Town Golf. First one they opened in Atlanta. The second one is in Charlotte. It's like a private club. It's more like, you know, the... Trackman hit screens. Right. But a nice restaurant, nice lounge, nice bar, nice place to go in and play a round of golf and, and have some good food and not depending on hot dogs and, you know, burgers. Like yeah. really good food and really good drinks. A pretty cool place. So I'm assuming our friend is kind of making a smaller version of that. So we feel the same. When you go there, don't have to pay that monthly fees and sign-up fees and stuff. I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah, we, you're talking about with the 19th coming up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the simulators. So, yeah, my that's actually my son-in-law and his friend that are going to be open. It's called the 19th at okay. Warehouses, which is hmm. going to be downtown uh, right beside our office. Our, our company oh, wow. is now in the old cotton factory. We've been there yeah. for 15 years. Wow. And so there's a space there that where they're going to be putting in, um, I think it's either six or eight simulators and what a, a cool. bar, some wow. bar food. Wow. Um, and I, he's really excited about it They're They both grew up in Rock Hill. And so, hmm. uh, it'll be a, it'll be a fun thing because it's, uh, I mean, it really has taken. Is that off. where the brewery is now? Is that what it's, it's called? It's right next to where the brewery right is now. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it'll be called the 19th and they should be opening here hopefully, uh, before Christmas. Very so, nice. Okay. Yeah. Wow. People like having things to do while they go socialize, you know, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. yeah. Even if you're not very good at golf, like I, like me, um, it's fun. Dude, to, come on! I mean, you say you're not good at golf. I know our common friend is really good at golf. Well, he plays all the time. Yeah. <laughs> That's the key. That's the key right there. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's get back to business, Charles. Yeah, back to business. So you've touched a little bit. Um, I haven't gone through your full list of accolades. There's there's too many to really go through. Um, you you serve on a number of boards: the ACA International, uh, South State. Advisory Board, Rock Hill Sports Commission, Parks Foundation. You were a Rock Hill Business Person of the Year um, on the board of York County Board of Disabilities. Like I said, it's too much to go on, but you do a lot in the community. Um, And a lot of people have heard of Williams and Fudge, but maybe people don't know the details on what you actually do over there. Uh, So if you want to just give a little history as to what Williams and Fudge is, how it came about, and the kind of work that you guys do. So Williams and Fudge opened in 1986, and the the idea at the time was to 
have a company that works in collections for colleges and universities. So collects defaulted student loans for colleges and universities. And that's kind of how it started. And if you rewind to, <laughs> we, we talk about this every day, but you rewind to 1986, it was a, it was a different day and time in college education and in, um, you know, in, in, in the U.S. in general. Um, and so the business started then. It started growing. I mean, one of the things that we've always focused on is the sales and customer service portion of this because, mm -hmm. I mean, you guys know, like, any business that you're in, we're all in sales, we're all in customer service. It mm -hmm. doesn't matter if you're talking about your employees, if you're talking about your clients, if you're talking about um, – you know, your vendors, anybody that you work with. And so we've always really focused on that. And the company has grown. Um, I started in 2000. So my dad started the company with his partner, Bill Fudge. Mm -hmm. um, we give out fudge at Christmas time. Um, <laughs> and, and so his name carries on in that. He, he uh, went, they went their separate ways in 91. But um, growing up, one of my memories, childhood memories, was my mom and dad making fudge every Sunday night. <laughs> because cool. my dad, during the fall season, during Christmas, because my dad would take fudge to the clients. Mm -hmm. And we still give fudge to the clients to this day. <laughs> but it's a whole big operation. I mean, it is down in Hilton Head. Actually, You're not still making it in the house. No, 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 no. I don't know that, I, I don't know that my wife wife would sign up for that. It's a lot of fudge. But um, so anyway, so that's kind of that's how it started. But then I started in 2000. Um, we had around 100 clients at the time. So the company was really starting to grow. And then through 2000, 2010, we really took off. Um, we started working with um, different states, you know, we were kind of primarily in the Southeast, but then we grew out in all the way into California. And so hmm. we're in all 50 states. We have clients in all 50 states now, higher education institutions. And, um, we have about 1500 of those. Um, mm -hmm. so basically what happens is we have, we have billing first party, and then we have third party work that we do mostly third party to where if someone, um, if a school is working on an account and they don't have it, it's not paid. They send it to us. We send letters, make phone calls. And, and back in the day, that's what we did, mm -hmm. right? We, we sent letters and make phone calls. Now it is, you know, sending text messages, mm -hmm. trying to get in touch through different virtual platforms, mm -hmm. taking payments. You know, it used to be, well, they mail in the checks and we scanned them all through. Mm -hmm. Well, now we don't get any checks hardly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's ACH, it's credit cards, mm -hmm. it's Venmo, it's Cash App, it's on mm -hmm. and on and on. So, you know, we've really turned, we, we kind of call it FinTech at this point because so much of it has become more and more technology driven. But that's kind of the history of what we do. And mm -hmm. so we, we provide a service for colleges and universities to, you know, to help um, bring their receivables in, to help collect the money that they're owed. And, um, you know, we, we, we try our best. We do it the right way. You know, mm -hmm. treat people the way you want to be treated, just like clients, just like vendors, just like relationship in the community. That's what we need to do with our consumers as well. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, they've already bought something. They haven't paid for it yet, so we, right. we need to get right. them to pay for it. Gotcha. So on that note, so uh, you focus purely on educational side of the business or like other like medical bills and any of the other stuff that you guys get into? There's a huge medical bill presence within our industry. And we, we will talk about that a little bit later, probably. Mm. But for us, we've done, we work with credit unions now. Mm. We work with some credit cards. Um, we actually purchased a company earlier this year down in Richardson, Texas. It's called RGS Financial. Um, a husband and wife own this company. I've known them for a long time and they were ready to ready right. to get out, right. called, mm. called me and said, Hey, you know, they knew our culture fit. They knew, mm. you know, how we operate. And so we worked out a deal and, mm. uh, we closed on that in, uh, July. 
So they're uh, they do a lot of financial services type things. So gotcha. huh. you know, credit cards, bank cards, gotcha. um, big department store kind of kind of things. So yeah. so yeah, we're we're diversifying because at the end of the day, I mean, we we have the technology, we have the call center, we have the all of the things that we need to do to mm-hmm. get in touch with people, right? And mm-hmm. so you know, we're able to diversify a little bit that way at this point. Was a couple of years ago we talked we were talking about uh, there's some new regulation that came about that kind of put some restrictions on what you guys can do and cannot do. Has that changed your business or has that helped your business? Uh, probably a little bit of both. Okay. I mean, I, I think that we when the CFPB the CFPB is the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Mm-hmm. We'll try not to talk about this too long because <laughs> it's not the, it's not the most fun thing to talk about. But mm-hmm. it was made for a good reason. Two thousand eight, the Dodd Frank Act was passed, and it's really to help protect consumers against people that are out to right. harm them, right? Mm-hmm. right? And so what what happens is with a lot of regulation, sometimes they go a little bit too far. Mm. But it's a good it's a good premise, right? Mm-hmm. So as we went through. 2010 to 2015 we were working with some of the big banks at that time so really they came in with a lot of regulation where we had to kind of say all right you know we got to make sure our data security is buttoned up we got to make sure all of these things are buttoned up to make sure that we're protecting i mean we have data that uh, is very valuable Mm -hmm. so i mean you talk about pci you talk about um the data i mean the biggest risk to any of our companies is is a data breach, right? right. It, it right. is the ransomware and is all of that. So, you know, we, we, we kind of got ahead of that and we're able to learn how to do things the way that we needed to do it as the country and our economy changed so quickly. So that was, um, the CFPB is still, they're, they're alive and kicking okay. <laughs> and, um, and they do a lot of auditing and, and they're, they're big, they're looking at credit reporting right now uh-huh. across the board, um, looking into, um, just different financial practices to make sure that, you know, people are doing things the right way. Right. And at the end of the day, you know, the, the thing that I'm proud of when it comes to the economy is we are we're definitely a very important part of the credit ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And this country, you know, is based on that. Correct. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's the um, you know, without any type of back end ramifications, then mm-hmm. we end up with a credit system that's not going to work. Yeah, nobody mm. in the world you can go sign a piece of paper and walk out with a hundred thousand dollar car. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So uh, now with that, that uh, lobbying passed, and then the technology coming into play, and a lot of security coming into play, has that helped company your size? gather more market share, pushing out the small players. Yeah, and that's something that we talk about a lot right now within our association because mm. it's the mom and pop shops aren't able to survive. Right. Mm. And so for us, as we've built this infrastructure, mm. that's why this that's one of the reasons this acquisition happened. And one of the reasons we're going to be looking for more is because, you know, people can't, and it's unfortunate in a lot of ways because there's a lot of people that, you know, they may be, let's use um, York as an example. So there's an agency in York mm-hmm. that helps the plumber, you know, collect their money, that helps mm-hmm. the the person that works on small um, small appliances collect their mm-hmm. money, the doctor's office, the dentist office, right. those kind mm-hmm. of things. And it's really hard for anybody like that to survive anymore. And and it's unfortunate, but it, it is what happens. I mean, it's regulation. Business, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. you got to evolve in business and, you know, to yeah, move forward. Right. So, yeah, that's right. And, and you know, we... I mean, excuse me, we talk about that all the time. You know, you're sitting still, you're you're, yeah. you're going to get left yeah. behind. Right. And these days, way quicker than... <laughs> I mean, yeah. th- that's true for you and for our own business. Uh, what happened during COVID and what happened after COVID, because the way we set the foundation for our business with technology, investment, not having too much debt, had helped us propel into the after COVID uh, you know, period. And a lot of our 
competitors who we thought were competitors completely just disappeared or just or just fell off you know the whole market which has been good for us i'm not complaining but that's part of any business you know yeah. i don't think we need to feel bad about it david yeah so you're see- so you're seeing the same thing as well oh, yeah. i mean it's oh, yeah. yeah yeah big time well yeah. and you and and when you talk to people and you you <laughs> And people ask for advice or different things, and it's like, look, you got to be willing to change, and you have to be really like you can sit around and complain about it all day oh, long. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I see people every day in yeah. that. Like yeah. we can't, we're never going to be able to survive. Yeah. Well, people have been changing for a long time. Yeah, so let's true. let's see what we need to do. We got to right? figure it out. Yeah. So uh, how how many employees do you have now? Williams we're right around three hundred and fifty right now. Okay. Uh, well, probably three hundred seventy five with with Williams and Fudge and RGS combined. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, and we were up. We had about four hundred fifty employees before COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and COVID, what we found is, I think Aggie was alluding to this a little bit. Not only did it change things, but it accelerated. Yep. While every day was really slow, it right. accelerated changes mm-hmm. really, really quickly. Yep, yep, yep. for and sure. For us, we we went to bed in March of 2019 mm-hmm. with 450 people in our office um, in downtown Rock Hill, yeah. mm-hmm. and we woke up in 2022 with about 350 people, 200 ish of those in Rock Hill, other people all over the country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then in other parts of the world as well. Mm-hmm. Did you realize so, that you didn't need 450 people? I, I think that was part of it. Part of it was because our business has also evolved. We used to have a program called the Perkins Loans, mm-hmm. which um, was really a way for um, to bridge the gap for lower income people. And we worked on consolidating those loans. Mm-hmm. That program sunset so we had to change the way that we operate as well gotcha. and i mean labor markets you know yeah, i mean yeah. i mean y'all know as well as anybody yeah. like you know when we're when we're able to work with companies in other parts of the world provide a good living for them there and still pay less than we're paying people here mm-hmm. you got to look at those opportunities yeah, you got so. i mean uh, for us in the last um, i would say last three years our team size overall between all our five offices it's almost doubled now we're running payroll for over 400 employees, you know, spread among five different offices. But someone said, how can you double in three years? We, we have an opportunity in the market for us to do that and support it and then continue taking out competitors and grow at the same time. If you want to grow your business, you've got, you got to be ready to you know, take those challenges if you want to double in size, which we've done. And the business this year, the growth this year, completely proves that that was the right call to make that to support the business we have today and for us our business you know every year you know going from 40 to 50 percent 60 percent growth year year to year uh, we, you got to think far ahead see if we want to be at 60 percent growth how do you support that right mm-hmm. and then to having additional offices whether in the u.s or outside or having employees here or you know outside you got to be ready to Accept that, acknowledge it, you know, figure it out, and then make it happen. Otherwise, someone else will do the do. What are you thinking about doing? That's right. <laughs> and you see, I mean, in, in such a big part for us of um, when we talk about all the community stuff that you talked about earlier, um, it is the community, right? right? And one of the things that we loved and we still love is being able to afford people in the community opportunities mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. come to work with us, change their lives for the better do good, you know, support their kids and all of that. And we're still able to do some of that, but we also have to look beyond that in mm-hmm. order to change and evolve as a company. Mm-hmm. And also, I think another thing, Aggie, when you talk about like when you're moving forward and when you're changing, mm-hmm. it's like, 
you also have to be willing to make tough decisions oh, yeah. that might not always be the most popular because when you started your business, you had people doing completely different things than, than what you need people to do now. That's for, yeah, for sure, yeah. And those aren't always the same people. <laughs> but uh, with all the stuff going on, Dave, how do you find time to be doing all that additional social stuff, community stuff? What, like, how do you figure that, get the time for it? You know, some of that stuff... Um, I try to do the best I can. Right. And um, some of it, I, I think just prioritizing and understanding mm. where, when and where your time commitments and constraints need to be. Right. You know, and always for me, prioritizing, you know, the business, prioritizing my family, making sure you're you're not missing out on the things you don't need to miss out on. Right. But there's, there's seasons that you quickly understand, like come in your life where, mm. you know, there's more time to dive in on things in Rock Hill to, mm. to be involved and come see me to be involved in, you know, the chamber and to be involved in different things. But then there's also times right now for me where with my role within the association, I'm traveling all the time. Mm. Some of those things I can't, I can't do as much anymore because I, I um, here's an idea for you. Okay. Man. You can make more time. You need to get a private jet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, I mean, what, maybe I could have a friend with one that also has a pilot's license. You know, I mean, yeah, I'll pay yeah. for the gas. Yeah. <laughs> right. Aggie's got all the time in the world to be a, a, a private pilot for you. So. Yeah, right. and a guy with a lot of time. Right, 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 <laughs> That's right, what we need. Right. I uh, I love that idea. Yeah, man. I love that idea. We should. We should. It's all red eye flights, though. It's only like <laughs> make sure the weather's right. You know, I was, that's what I was just doing. I was in Buford for ten days uh, doing my instrument training, and uh, I just finished it. I got to do my check ride. I probably schedule it next week. Once that is done, and obviously I pass. Um, then I can pretty much fly anytime, any weather. Well, you've been flying without knowing how the instruments work? Oh, I, do use the, <laughs> I use the instruments fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm very good at, you know, figuring those things out. Right. So it's a separate license. It's like a separate certification. certification. You, you have your pilot's license already. But right. you're and my airplane is instrument certified, IFR certified. It has all the instruments. I can use all of them. I use all of them. But to have the license when, you know, when the weather is below minimums, mm -hmm. technically I'm not allowed to take off. But once I get this certification, then I can. Then it, you're not depend so much on you know perfect weather to fly. Gotcha. Right. Like Friday, gotcha. I'm planning to go to Atlanta, um, but now I looked at the weather. Looks like it's going to rain. It's going to be you know overcast. Mm. It's like, ooh, I don't want to get stuck somewhere. But with that certification, then I should be. We'll talk about that often. Well, I, I mean, being able to fly to Atlanta and not have to deal with 85 is worth it all in a second. <laughs> Get there in an hour and 10 minutes. Yeah. 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 From Rock Hill Airport. You could go, fly down, go to a game. Yeah. Come back. <laughs> yeah. Good to go. I, I flew to Buford yesterday. I stopped. I had to drop off someone to uh, pick up my truck and drive it back. And I came back. All of that was done in three hours and 40 minutes. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's cool. I can't wait to go. I'm ready. Let's do it. Sign me up. Sign me up. <laughs> awesome. So let's, let's talk about your building. You, you talked about the fact that you're in the cotton factory, downtown Rock Hill. You've been there for, you said, 15, 15 years? 15 years. Yeah. It's hard to believe. Yeah. yeah. And you, you guys really deserve a lot of credit because you were like the first big business to come to downtown Rock Hill and... What was the situation with the cotton factory? Uh, did somebody own it? Did you buy it? Did the, the city owned it at the time, and it was probably like mm, it was close to not being able to be salvageable. There right. was water damage, and there was a lot of stuff going on in there. And for people that don't know, Rock Hill downtown was not what it is now. I mean, yeah, you, no. there, was there any real business presence downtown? At no, that point when we, other than the Herald. Yeah, 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 and and they were they were already only had a few people there then. Yeah. And, 
Um, there was when we moved in. There was uh, Kenches was there. Yeah. Uh, Meeting three. Yeah. Fantastic place. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mikel's was yeah. there. Yeah. And I've been on this old town association board for a long, long time. And I used to always say like. All we ever had was antique shops. Yeah. It was like, hey, we got a new business coming. It's like, what is it? Well, it's like, oh, Aggie's antiques. You know? <laughs> Another new one, David's antiques. Right, right. right. You know? So, so yeah. I mean, it was it was a big deal, and it it really uh, and, and uh, due credit, uh, our our mayor, um, ex mayor, Mayor Eccles, my dad, um, they they went down there and talked about it. They had gone up to Durham, North Carolina, to um, to look at what they had done with some of those old uh, factories mm-hmm. up there mm-hmm. and old mills. And, you know, with the textile background we had here, it just yeah. made sense. And, right. and then there were so many people involved in making it happen. The city was fantastic, you know, because it, we could have easily, you know, done something, um, you know, build a warehouse out somewhere because it doesn't matter where we're located really right. for, our, right. for our jobs. And um, so so we did that. And and I think it did help. And I mean, mm-hmm. credit to the to the people who had the foresight to, to do that. And right. Aggie, I mean, you weren't. When did you move downtown? So, 13, I think. 2013, we moved to the downtown about Amelie's and then moved across the street three years later. Yeah. I mean, we redid that building, yeah. but on a smaller scale than mm-hmm. what you guys did. I mean, right. what you guys did is fantastic. And yeah. that far ahead to think and make all the stuff happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Was it more Gary's, your dad's idea or you, were you involved in that? No, that was completely him. Okay. That's I, pretty cool. And whenever I, uh, matter of fact, when we went down there to look at it, I thought he was crazy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, uh, so yeah, so, but I, I was able to be involved in the process and mm. I learned a lot through that process with, you know, meeting every day, you know how it goes, meeting yeah. every day with the contractors right, right. and the designers and mm-hmm. all of the different people that brought that to life because the history part was really important to us. Mm-hmm. You know right. I mean? There's so, like, there's so many people back in the day in Rock Hill, and back in the day is not like forever ago. Mm-hmm. It's like maybe like the 60s, 70s, where mm-hmm. everybody that worked here worked in one of those mills. Mm-hmm. Right. And you hear those stories all yeah. the yep. time. Yep. Yeah. And it's just amazing, the transformation. And, and, and we're, I mean, I'm proud to have been a part of it. And, and a lot of yeah. people should be, Aggie, y'all. Yeah. I mean, all, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's really cool what's happened down there. Yeah. yeah. Pretty cool. So now, do you guys are more expanding more within the cart? Is there any more space to expand? Or that said, you guys are maxed out? We um, no, actually, we don't, we don't. We're not using as much space now mm-hmm. because of the people working remotely and working right. everywhere else. So um, we're kind of looking at that right now. Springs Creative is in there with us, and mm. they're going to be moving oh, right. back into the thread, yeah. um, which is okay. the other part. Mm-hmm. So, right. so the building is going to transform here over the next couple of years, cool. and I think we can do something cool with it. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. that's one of the fun things to see and the the businesses pop up. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, Knowledge Perk coming up with yeah. uh, the coffee and and the different things that have really. Did they open a second location? I think they, they got, got a five few. locations. Wow. Now. I yeah. still remember going to that place when it just opened. Yeah. <laughs> it was like as big as this room. Wow. The first yeah, one. I, I yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. mm-hmm. we were in downtown then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember walking down there. Uh, yeah. Who was it? talking to Brendan or someone? We were walking mm-hmm. walk down there. Wow. That's pretty cool, man. That's good yeah. to see. Yeah. 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 It's very fun. nice. So are you getting into the brewery business? Our coffee business, <laughs> distillery business. Uh, um, <laughs> well, let me see how I should answer this. Well, the reason, the reason, oh, I gotta, I gotta talk, say this. The reason I'm joking about that is because David and I, in some shape or form, we are investing in multiple different smaller businesses here and there. Yes. Yeah. May not even remember all of them. But right. <laughs> I get, uh, Bernie's office gets mad every year. They're like, what is this K1? I, like, I, forgot, I just went to, I don't know. Well, but for me, like one of my, that's been one of my favorite things to do. And, and sometimes like investments right. can also be viewed not as, 
they are investments, they're, but they're investments in people, yeah. they're investments in the community, mm -hmm. and you got to know where your returns are. Now, right. you want to make sure you've got investments that are returning. I found that real estate's a good mm -hmm. good investment for returns, mm -hmm. and but seeing people and helping people, you know, it's all it's almost a donation at times where it's like, hey, let me see what I can do to help this person to get off the ground to right. get to get going, and and some of them don't work out yep. and. You, I don't want to say I know some of them aren't going to work out, but I'm very skeptical at times. But sometimes <laughs> Most of them are not going to work out. Right, <laughs> yeah, right, right. You, but know, the, but you can know no, that in your head. but We yeah. know we know that. Uh, but, you know, a couple of the stuff, if it works out, they'll cover for most of it. So, right. you know, we are okay with that. Sure. But most of the investments that we kind of go into, knowing very well, 100%, that we will, you know, you could lose all of it. That's right. Uh, you know, but That's right. you, you know that going into it. There's no guaranteed Return. If someone comes to you and pitches something and says, guaranteed return, I'm like, okay, dude, we are done talking yet. <laughs> right. Thank this you. Is, <laughs> that's right. called a scam. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, you learn, I mean, I think one of the things that Aggie and I have done together uh, before is uh, some angel investing stuff, even outside of Rock Hill. Right. And one of the things I've learned, I think, is you're, you're betting on the jockey as much as you are the horse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. If you you see somebody that you know is going to bust their tail mm -hmm. and they're going to work hard and they're going to work in their business and they're going to understand the time commitment it takes yep like mm -hmm. they got a chance yeah you see somebody that's like hey and, and the sacrifice they have to you know yeah. willing to be taking to stay away from family or the fun time or the rituals to kind of make the business happen because a lot of investors money is involved plus their employees who quit other jobs to join you all of that you know must be a focus for them right and we when they come and pitch we can we can see who's yeah. in it for fun yeah. to you know see what happens and who's in it for hardcore i want to mm -hmm. make this happen right absolutely gotcha. you know you, i love the I, and one of the things i've talked about a lot lately i mean i love seeing i still feel like i'm young and i know y'all are sitting here well you're not but and i know i'm not but <laughs> i still feel that way don't you yeah man i don't uh, listen when people tell me old I said, okay, if that makes you happy, <laughs> yeah. I'm happy for you. Yeah. But yeah. I never feel old. Right. Unless right. when, I mean, after, if we go out for a drink with David or the, or the common friend we are talking about, <laughs> next day morning, I feel old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But other yeah. than that, I never feel yeah. old. But that happened when I was 25 also. <laughs> and 15. <laughs> but not on Sundays, though. No, no, no. No, 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 no. That's what happened when I moved here, man. I was at, I went to Harris Theater <laughs> Sunday, football, football getting started. Yeah. And I was like, Jake DeLome was our quarterback. And uh, I go to this Harris Theater right here, and uh, we got six-pack beer waiting in line. And the lady behind me tells you, she goes, uh, what are you doing? I said, waiting to check out. She's like, you know, you're not allowed to buy beer on Sunday. I said, says who? She goes, the law. <laughs> I thought she was checking. I thought she was making fun. So she's making a joke with you? So did you drive to Frugal McDougal's? <laughs> no, I did not. I don't know. I was, I just, I was new here, so I just went back home. I dropped it off and went back home. Sunday beer runs in college used to consist of having a, well, I went to Presbyterian College and we had, you know, drive to Tryon, North Carolina, which uh -huh. was not just like driving to Charlotte. It's a little bit further. Yeah, but, right. uh, yeah. Because you'd always try to plan ahead, but sometimes Saturday night would get a little long and you wouldn't have anything left, you know. So, <laughs> so you got to get ready for football Sunday. Oh, <laughs> man, that's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Do so, you still have the season tickets for the Panthers? I do, um, but I haven't been to a game in a few years. We mm -hmm. also renewed again for this year, and I haven't been to a game this season. Uh, you know, that's supposed to be the Panthers training facility. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I saw a video of the soccer one the other day, and I think it's real. Huh. Wow. I mean, it looks like a real building up in mm. Charlotte, I mm. think. Wow. It's real. Mm. But, yeah, I, you know, um, it's very unfortunate what happened with that. Um, and I don't know the story. You know, we've been talking about who knows the story, who doesn't know the story. I don't right. know the story. I am personally grateful that um, the Teppers and the NFL got involved and helped us with Miracle Park at the time mm-hmm. um, because they gave a donation and, and were great about that. Um, I, hate I did ask happened. our mayor, uh, did the check clear? And he said yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good, <laughs> good, good. And, and uh, we sat around one night and tried to figure out like how much money $17 mm-hmm. billion dollars is, like uh-huh. if, you, if you relate it to, you know, a, a normal person mm-hmm. and I couldn't do the math. Yeah. I mean, it was right. like, you know, how much is a thousand dollars to him? Right. And it's like, you know, it is, I just couldn't do the math. Right. It's just a, it's, it's just a whole different world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, that was unfortunate for sure. But you know, the thing about Rock Hill is we're resilient. And I think wow. that, um, I don't know what's going to end up out there, but I, I, we're going to be better for it. We got yeah. a lot of good people that are, that work hard. And I mean, that's the cool thing about how, what's made you stay in Rock Hill. I mean, it's when I moved here, I started my photography business and everyone that I went and met to promote my business, they didn't know who the hell Aggie was or what I do or any of my work. Right. And immediately jumped up and wanted to talk about it, wanted to promote and support. And um, that's how I ended up, you know, becoming friends with Warren. And, you know, when we started Span, they didn't know anything about it. I was telling them what the idea was and they had no idea, no clue what, what the hell I was talking about, tax e-filing. But they knew me from doing my photography days, and they've heard about it, and they just jumped in. You know, they gave our first office for like two hundred bucks a month. The second office, they did the entire outfit for me and didn't charge me anything, and gave me like a two-year fifty percent discount on that. And they didn't ask for anything in return. Never ever asked for anything in return. But where else can you find stuff like that? It's impossible mm-hmm. uh, without knowing who you are, not having any connections. And also, like, you know, where I lived, my neighbors and other people who are helping with everything. Uh, it just makes you comfortable living there and wanting to build something that you're dreaming about. Even our local bank, um, uh, it, now it's South State. Yeah. Uh, South Carolina Bank of Trust. No, it was. But it Keith, was uh, Park, Sir, Park, Park, Sterling. Park Sterling. No, before Park Sterling. Before. Citizen South. Oh, yeah. Citizen Kyle. South. Kyle, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when we ca- I came to a point, I said... We had no more money left for running payroll. I mean, we maxed out everything, sold everything. I went to Carl. I said, Carl, I have to run payroll on Friday. I have no more money left. No more credit cards left. I need a $50,000 loan, and there's nothing I can give you to secure the loan. He said, okay, let me make a couple of phone calls. I knew Carl for like a year and a half by then. That's it. And whatever he did, I have no idea. But, you know, he said, okay, come in. We'll put the deposit of the money in your back. I mean, you can't have that. No, nobody in Charlotte is going to do that for you. That's cool. So that's cool. So those are the things. That's the reassurance. Now we got to a point. You know, uh, we've done. Really, we're doing really, really well, and we want to do something bigger. We don't know what is the next thing that we want to do locally. We have big pictures, big plans for uh, nationally, internationally with our products. And you know, we are very big in AI. Uh, the whole reporting thing that we do, we want for our businesses uh, with I- using AI. It's a big project for us. Big focus for us. But locally, I have no idea what is next for us. Well, you know, we're we're similar in that because mm-hmm. your 
your customers are global, right? Mm-hmm. And, and ours are too. <clears throat> right. And our consumers are and our clients. And so like when we look at Rock Hill, that's one of the reasons when you ask that question mm-hmm. that that I'm involved in all of that. Yeah. Because, you know, we're not we're not bankers. We're mm-hmm. not um, you know, we, we do real estate, but we're not in real estate every day. So right. so yeah. many of my friends that are we're not insurance agents. And right. all of those people like their businesses are in Rock Hill. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So it's easy to figure out, like, this is why we do this. This is why we do this. And for us, when we do stuff with Rock Hill, it's given back mm-hmm. because right. this, this community has blessed us so so much. Yeah. And, and, and we're proud to be part of it. But yeah. it's not like, I mean, we have three clients in town, you know? Right, right. Clinton, York Tech, and Winthrop. And yeah. those are the only ones that we can get because that's that's, right. those are the schools. I right? was going to ask you about that because that, that is you're a major sponsor on so many giant events around town, whether it's Christmasville, Come See Me, Winthrop Sports, uh, I, you could probably give me a list of a thousand more that, that you're you're on, but uh, you don't get any real benefit from it. You, you're doing that mm-hmm. as a as a giving a charity measure or something like that. But yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, just it, you know, we want to make it a better place for our for our employees, for our families, yeah. for their kids, for our kids, mm-hmm. and I mean, and that's legit. Like, it sounds kind of cliche, I understand, but mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's why we do it. I mean, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. and it works. And I mean, I think as we as we move through these next few years, mm-hmm. like taking this town to significance, like you know, there's a group of us and people even younger than us that we got to take the baton and roll with it Mm -hmm. and and figuring out like how companies like ours can be involved in, you know, whether it's, whether it's housing or Mm -hmm. whether it's, um, sustainability Mm -hmm. or whether it's, um, new businesses coming to town, how can we tell our stories to say, Hey, come to Rock Hill. Mm -hmm. And I think we have a, I mean, I think Charlotte's doing okay. Um, but I think we have an opportunity right now based on what we're seeing around the country with things moving back out of, you know, Central City kind, right. of, mm-hmm. kind of thing. I mean, every time we go to a lot of conventions, have, you know, trade shows and we have booth yeah. and stuff. And when we put our name there, we put, you know, whatever the product we are promoting that day, we, you know, we put Rock Hill as a location. We don't put Charlotte. Right. Mm-hmm. Most of the people, like, you know, they try to put a bigger city close right. to where they live. As right. anything. Like, no. Right. Well, people, I, I want people to come and ask me, what is that? Where, where is Rock Hill? Right. You know, we can talk about it. Yeah. You know, and that transition for me as I've traveled over the years, it used to be, well, I'm from south of Charlotte, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Now I'm from Rock Hill. Right, right. And, you know, people, <clears throat> oh, I saw that on the cornhole. Or I saw that on TV. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the, uh, yeah. Or the, yeah. Or the, or the pillow fight I'll, or yeah. the slippery stairs. Yeah. I was in Ohio and yeah. I was in the uh, we were in one of the bars and they had the cornhole tournament. Oh, yeah. yeah. And one of the guy goes, did you say you're from Rock Hill? You know, they're playing that in Rock Hill. My head... I didn't know that was a thing in Rock Hill. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. I have a few friends that like to gamble on uh, sporting events from time to time. Uh-huh. Back in the summer of 2020, uh-huh. cornhole was the first sport that came, uh, sport activity that yeah. came back. Yeah. And DraftKings picked it up. So they're like, man, this is great. We're gambling on cornhole. And I went, <laughs> and it's in Rock Hill. And I was like, congratulations. One of them had to move from uh, gambling. He was gambling on virtual camels during COVID, which, uh, yeah, which uh, is, uh, <laughs> but it's an interesting thing. But yeah, he was like, right. yeah, we got live cornhole, live yeah. sports. Let's go. You know, it's like a commercial for DraftKings. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> That's pretty nice. cool. Recently, I was, um, I was getting a new jet ski and then the gentleman who owns that uh, place, um, he started talking to a client who came to buy jet skis and apparently used to be a jockey from bull racing. Huh. And he started this business. It's going, I don't want to go into all the detail. But anyway, so he owns a bull racing team now. And he was telling me, I was like, oh, that's a good idea. Is that a sport? Bull racing? Yeah, like, PBR. Oh, 
professional bull racing, okay. dude. Huh. So he wants a team, and uh, they have all the whole thing drafting, drafts going on for the bulls, and huh. uh, I was like, this is pretty cool. We may have to put a team together. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. You know, one of the things I'm getting to do right now, which I which I'm really enjoying. I'm actually leaving t- in the morning for Little Rock, Arkansas. If you. Uh, I'm on American right now, but I can move. <laughs> um, but I, but I'm, I'm president of ACA International, which is our um, inter- our international trade association. So yeah. I'm getting to travel all over the country and world and meet all kind of different people. And that's a great example of like the passion people have yeah. for yeah. all kind of different things. Yeah. You know, and, and you get into these little you you talk to somebody that's like, hey, I'm into this, or I'm into. Yeah. I mean, a good example is is uh, Quidditch. Yeah. Isn't that the game for Harry yeah, Potter? Yeah, oh. yeah. yeah these guys are big into that. Yeah, y'all play Quidditch? <laughs> no. No, no. <laughs> Aggie just calling no. us nerds. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, okay. Well, I mean, I saw these people. Uh, they were out at the uh, Manchester, and yeah. they were playing Quidditch. They were yeah. running around with a broomstick between their legs, right? and the broom wasn't flying like on Harry Potter. They were just running with it between their legs. I said, "This seems like a really, really bad uh, idea." I was really say, bad there, idea. there have been so many conversations between Aggie and people just try to for Aggie just try to figure out what the hell they're doing. <laughs> people try to explain Quidditch to Aggie. <laughs> well, it's like a sport, but it's like you're not Listen, like actually everyone would, around. Everyone would try to explain that to me or were into it. I can never see them running anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you understand football better than Quidditch now. I do, yes. Oh good, good, good. Baseball. Baseball. You still uh, he's still gotta learn baseball. I do yeah, have to learn yeah, baseball. Yeah. I watch, he's more I watch a... one game a year. Yeah. Final yeah. You watch the whatever the most important, <laughs> the most important game, game. Yeah, yeah. Well that's so, a good one to watch. Yeah. yeah. You know? That's a good one to watch. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's really interesting, and and as we, um, you know, as this transition happens, and you know, we look at the the past twenty years. Hmm. I mean, even back to um, what was the what was the stat that I heard of people that were born the same year? Anyway, they were all born, you know, in one year, and you see the difference that happened, the changes that happened in like the past seventy years since nineteen fifty ish, and they're talking about these next five to ten years, more change happening. Than happened in those in that mm. amount of time, mm. yeah. you know, yeah. and it's just amazing. It's and so, like, yeah. let's figure out how to be part of it. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, that's what we, we keep talking about. This, what is it that we can do next? Big thing locally, uh, it, just being part of you know going and giving someone a uh, something a check right. for you know put this sort show together. That's okay. We we do that all the time. But what is the next big thing that we can do locally? Not necessarily a for profit thing. Right. It could be a non profit, but could become something. Pro- you know, we we don't know. We we keep talking about it. I know Charles involved in the arts and what is it? I well, I, I was involved in the community theater. Right. right so I know Jason, our CPA guy. He's big big into that the new building that they are opening. Um, yeah, performing arts. Performing center. arts center. Mm-hmm. So th- this is where, in my mind, my mind, like, what is the next big thing that, as a company, as myself, can involve get involved locally? I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Well, I'd love to work with you on it because I mean, there, there's, you know, one of the things with Miracle Park when we when we built that, um, as we build that, like, mm-hmm. the community got behind that, yeah. and that's mm-hmm. what you talked about. The yeah. special people that would would give you a fifty thousand dollar loan, yeah. you know, when you had nothing to give, right. but the people that bring you in, that talk to you and, 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 and really support you and the people that, you know, whether it's, whether $20 is a lot for somebody to give mm-hmm. or $200,000 is a lot for somebody to give, mm-hmm. 
all of those added up with Miracle Park, mm-hmm. and we're doing something for everybody, right? right? It's right. not just for these people or just right. for these yeah. people, just for these people. Right. It's for everybody. Mm-hmm. No matter no matter what your what your ability, what your race, what your nationality, what your yep. anything, everybody can go play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. That's a great place, man. I've been there a couple of times to visit for meetings and stuff. It's a fantastic thing. Um, it really is. You should come on Saturday morning sometime. Huh. Check out the league. It's <laughs> oh, awesome. Wow. It's awesome. Very cool. So much fun. Hey, small businesses. Do you have a robust, integrated solution to efficiently and securely file your Form 1099, W-2, W-9, 1095, 94X forms, and more? Don't worry about creating a solution. Let Tax Bandits handle it for you. Tax Bandits goes beyond just tax form generation and e-filing. We also offer robust validation features to ensure accuracy and security throughout the process with address validation and TIN matching. Tax Bandits is even SOC 2 certified. With Tax Bandits, tax calculations are automated, filling out your forms accurately and submitting them to the IRS, SSA, and states seamlessly, all within your account. Plus, we allow you to give your clients convenient access to recipient copies via postal mail or online access. Visit TaxBandits.com today and join the ranks of successful business owners who are using TaxBandits to e-file their tax forms. All right, and we're back. Today we've got the Balvenie Cheers, Double Wood. <laughs> Cheers. 12-year scotch. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Awesome. Go on, pitch, pitch them, Charles. Yeah, so it's a you know, single malt, Balvenie, Double Wood, 12-year scotch. Uh, if you need to get in touch with us, you yeah, know how to yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard I heard a little bit of this when I was um, when I was listening to some of your other podcasts. Um, how many sponsors do you have so far? <laughs> oh, yeah, we're, we're just waiting on Williams and Fudge, you know. I mean, no, 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 they all no, sponsor no, everything no. else hey. in the city. So, I, I, yeah, well, there's something... understandable. But y'all are going y'all are going bigger than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got to get bigger. You got to get bigger. <laughs> so let's talk about that too. Yeah, yeah. Just wanted to bring this out here. We've got some of the the Reapers nuts from our friend Ed Curry. I wanted to mention him since. Um, he just made a little news. The yeah, apparently pepper. he had the world's uh, new hottest pepper. That's right. Yeah, the Guinness pepper just X. certified it. Pepper X. Pepper yeah. X. Yeah. I saw that on uh, Apple News. I didn't realize that was. Uh, he came here. Guy. He was. He did one of the show, and he talked about it that he was getting ready. He didn't want. He didn't announce it at a show, did he? No, he was. Talk- he talked about it, and he said that. But it we tasted. We tasted. We did. Oh, sure, dude, sure that high. thing is. Whoo! That one's, <laughs> yeah, that one's real. <laughs> I'm gonna leave that it there. <laughs> Those Reapers nuts are good. Though. Oh yeah, yeah. And he brought us chocolate, and then he tells oh, us we've got the chocolate here too. If you're up for a little <laughs> no, challenge, we don't have ice cream though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> chocolate, but he cannot eat the chocolate by itself. You have to have ice cream. He's like, if put you some shavings than- of that on the ice cream, and then eat it. If you eat that piece of chocolate, he said, you might end up in the hospital. <laughs> I don't want well, that. Okay. I feel like I, uh, I feel like I should have brought something. I'll bring y'all some fudge. I'll get some fudge in, I'll bring y'all some fudge. Right, cool. Y'all don't even have to have me on again. We'll, we'll plug it on the next show. You can have somebody fun to talk about something other than like the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, and I'll still bring you fudge. I'll so you said you something about Hilton Head. What's in Hilton Head? That's who makes our fudge now. Okay. Because so, the reason I was asking, because I just spent 10 days in Beaufort. It's yeah. right there. Did you like it down there? It's all right. I saw there's it's a, a bit uh, slow, dude. Uh, Everything closed at seven o'clock. <laughs> I finished flying at six, and I go to my hotel, and I'm like, okay, let me go get something to eat. Yeah. Every restaurant I look up, it's closer than the chain restaurants. What's up what? with that? 
Uh, I think it's a beach thing. I okay. think people drink too much yeah, on the beach good. during the day and they get <laughs> okay. hot. And, but no, I mean, it's interesting. I, I, was, I got to spend some time in uh, southern France um, a couple weeks ago. Mm, oh. And um, the differences in different parts of the world on how some of that stuff works. Like, So we were going to make a reservation for dinner mm-hmm. at 630. And they're like, well, they don't, they're completely out of reservations for dinner at 630. <laughs> well, no, that wasn't the case. They're, mm-hmm. They don't even open until 7. Seven <laughs> yeah, that's what you I was going to say. <laughs> and, like, and I finished eating my dinner and, and we finished um, our wine and I was like, I was shaking. I was like, where's my check? Where's my check? You know, they don't come and like say, here's your check. You have to be like, hey, can I get a check? And if you do that here, people are like, why are you waving me down? (laughs) (laughs) So it's just a whole different mindset. It really is. Five o'clock is evening snacks over there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, I was just in India for three weeks. That's, that's, you know, in my parents' house, dinner is not until 1030. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Where were you in France? Uh, Went to... (laughs) I first pronounced it Canes, and uh-huh. then I figured out it wasn't Canes. Con- it's was actually Cons. Con- um, and so we uh, we were over there for a, for a meeting. It's a it's a group that gets together. Nice. We get together every year, one international, and then U.S. and mm-hmm. then back international. So um, it, and it's people that kind of are in the similar businesses all over the world, and we cool. share ideas for a few hours, and then do something fun for the rest <laughs> of the day. Oh man, great that place. Yeah. yeah, I haven't yeah. been to Con. You've been to Con. I've been, yeah, Saint Tropez. I mean, it was. Incredible, yeah. like I'm mean, beautiful, air, beautiful people, beautiful scenery. You know, they eat like <laughs> not like Americans. <laughs> um, they they eat healthy food and they walk everywhere. So yeah. you yeah. know, recipe for success, at least from a health yeah. perspective. Yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. look at me, I'm a I mean, <laughs> picture of student health. of health. Yeah, <laughs> picture of health. Thank you. Good That's job. why I'm glad we're not on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you are on. Oh, we're on TV. Uh, but we, I think it's do, focusing on me. We do oh, some good. recordings, but yeah, it's just Aggie. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that, <laughs> as it should be. Carrie did ask me, "Are you going to be on TV today?" I said, eh, "No." She goes, "You better shave. You're going to be on TV." <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, go ahead, uh, Jules. Yeah, I, I I do want to bring it back to the business a little bit, uh, and talk a little bit about how you ultimately help your end user, because uh, a person's relationship with essentially a debt collector can sound uh, not great, you know, oh, yeah. but, but you're ultimately here to help somebody out of the situation. Yeah. I think that's the, and, and, and yeah, you're exactly right. And, and, and I get that. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you come to terms with that. I mean, people don't want to hear from a debt collector. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, resolving the people get into, uh, and I'll say this all the time, mm-hmm. like, we have issues as a country with different in, in different areas, mm-hmm. and I think one of those is higher ed, yep. and I think one of those is our healthcare system. Mm-hmm. And like I told you before, a lot of my friends in the association do healthcare work. Well, those are two areas that are heavily right. indebted. Yeah, right. And so the problem is, is people get into situations on the front end where either like they don't understand mm-hmm. or they don't care or whatever the situation is and then they end up with a lot of debt. Mm-hmm. And in the from a college and university perspective, you know, I think we are seeing some progress in people taking out an appropriate amount of debt for whatever job that they need mm-hmm. and a little bit of a renaissance of trades and some of that. So, you know, we need to train people on the front end to not go to a an Ivy League school to get a job where, well, Ivy League is not a good example because right. none, none of them pay for school anyways. <laughs> That's a whole other story. Yeah. whole other story. And all the professors are in Congress, but whole other story. <laughs> um, but let's use um, 
Furman as an example. Yeah. Like you go to Furman, it's an expensive school, prestigious school. Mm-hmm. You need to get a job coming out of there that makes sense for you <laughs> based on the loans that you've taken out. Yeah. So that's some that's a problem on the front end. On the back end, if that's already happened, being able to work to consolidate the debt or get it into repayment or something like that to help start building credit. Yeah. Because like you said, I mean that's <laughs> The USA, yeah. I mean, and that's different in different different parts of the world. Yeah, but I mean, in India, even today, you can get only like a, I believe thirty percent of mortgage. The rest seventy mm. percent you got to bring to the table. Right. Show to the bank that I already have this, so they'll give you thirty percent mm-hmm. right. at like eleven percent interest. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's I mean, and maybe it's not crazy. Maybe it is crazy, right. but it's worked <laughs> for us, and, and we've kind of been built on that. So. When we're on the phone and we're uh, working with people, that's the that's the idea is to help. And you know, it's payment arrangements, like I said, consolidations. There's options out there sometimes, like forbearance or deferment or whatever. Or, you know, there are good programs in place. People ask a lot about de- um, student loan cancellation. Mm-hmm. There are good programs in place already to where if you go get a teaching degree and you teach at a Title I school for five years, it gets forgiven. Yeah. Same thing for some public service. Same things for for some of that. Yeah. You know. But, in my opinion, that's completely different than someone with a graduate degree that's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. They, they, they have the ability to pay their debt back. Right. So, um, and, and in, in healthcare, you know, that's a whole other deal. Like, mm-hmm. the, the costs associated with healthcare in this country mm-hmm. are out of control. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Sure. But sometimes people don't want to touch some of the, you know, larger systems or pharmaceuticals mm-hmm. or insurance. Right. You know, that's kind of a... Forbidden. So here, let's figure out what we can do on the back end mm-hmm. to help instead of fixing the problem on the front end. And yeah. so, mm-hmm. so well, that's, in any that's entirely what the student loan forgiveness was: is fixing it on the front end, or I don't know how you want to describe it, but fixing a a symptom of the problem without fixing the problem itself, which is people are taking on far too much debt than they can reasonably pay back. A hundred percent. And I mean, and you know, for us, it's the business that we're in, and it's what we do. And it serves a good purpose. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that I don't think we need to fix the front end of the problem. Mm-hmm. Like there's going to be, but we we built a business that's sustainable with different products, with different first party work, with different you know fundraising, whatever it is that mm-hmm. we want to do to contact people. So like let's figure out on the front end because I've got a college, I've got I've got a college age student right now, mm-hmm. and you know understanding that part of it. And understanding the problems that come from that mm-hmm. is something we need to look at. But again, there's a lot of politics and a lot yeah. of other things involved in that. Mm. So I know you are very ahead of the game when it comes to technology for your business. And in any business or any industry, there's a there's a technology or a software helps one side of the business, and then there's a competing technology. Now, I know you talked about. In your business now, you are able to collect money via ACH and Venmo and all the other stuff. Are there apps or technology out there that tries to defeat what you guys are trying to achieve? I think that's coming. Okay. Um, I, I, right now, we still precipitate the use of those. Um, you know, and, and some of the things are, uh, you know, you're, you sign up for... It, there, there's so much data out there right now hmm. that people can um, utilize to contact people at the right time hmm. right. when they might hmm. be in a position to pay, yeah. right. and all of that can be done through technology. Hmm. Now, companies like ours are using that right now, hmm. but I do see like 
those technologies becoming competitors more than just complements to what we do. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier, how can the creditors figure out, or not figure out, but can the creditors afford to do that themselves, or does it still make more sense to to work with us? I mean, hmm. the the numbers of the changes for us with self-service now, right. I mean, we, we talked about it this morning a little bit, um, with RGS, our new our new company is like forty percent. So forty percent of the consumers are choosing self service to where they're going online themselves. They get a text or a letter. They go online. They take care of it. They have options that they're on payment plans, on settlement amounts, on you know we all want to control mm-hmm. our spending right yeah. and control how we do it, how we right. communicate, all of that. Right. And so that's what people are choosing. Mm. But we still have products and services, and we can offer it in a to all of our clients as opposed to our individual clients having to go out and try to figure it out themselves. So, so one, yes. one of the things we are doing with our, uh, one of the software that we have for the transportation industry called TruckLogics, it's a, a TMS, trucking management system, fleets used to manage the loads and drivers and trucks and routing and all the stuff. So this AI intelligence that we are bringing in, the goal is by the middle of next year, by the second quarter of next year, the, our fleets, when I say our fleets, the fleets that are using TruckLogics, uh, and a load comes in, our program will intelligently tell them should you accept that load or not based on the history of the you know who the carriers are, who the drivers are, the routing and all the stuff. And then that's what we're bringing into the, the whole logistic market because the massive fleets, they may have some kind of in, in, in-house uh, intelligence program, but majority of the fleets don't have it. So that's what we're bringing in. That's a big deal for us. So now going into your business, um, is there a technology like that already exist, or do you guys are building it, or what's what's the story there? A little bit of both. We're okay. trying to build it, but there are technologies that already exist. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we can't. One of the things like we can't get people to pay if they don't have money, right? Right. So, we don't want to spend time working accounts where if we get in touch with someone, they can't pay. If you can't pay, you can't pay. Right. So our goal is to find people that can pay that aren't paying right. or that need to be paying or whatever the case is. So okay. you're, you're almost looking at it, if you look at it from a sports analogy, like how likely is a pass to be completed mm-hmm. if this quarterback throws to this receiver who's mm-hmm. running this fast, mm-hmm. you know, all of those different. So yes, there's products out there, but we want to do the machine learning to where it's specific to us, right. not to the industry as a whole, because I mean, for let's, let's say medical or whatever else, there's a whole, that's a whole different, mm-hmm. That's a whole different ball game right. because that their liquidity is a lot less because if people end up in the hospital, you know, for, with higher education, everyone knows when they go to school, they have to pay to go to school or scholarship or whatever. Correct. Correct. But if I walk out of here and trip and fall and go to the hospital, I'm not going to choose that. Right. right. So right. that's a whole different deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to make sure that when we're looking at the machine learning is specific to what we do. Mm-hmm. And yep. so, yeah, we're trying to build it ourselves and, So what's next for David, man? I know the business is doing good and you're doing good. And what's next for you personally? I don't know. Hmm. I'm going to figure that out, though. I'm going to fly with you. (laughs) I'm uh, I'm going to... I uh, vision quest. It's an interesting time because a lot of us, you know, around my age are have You're not kids. 50 yet, right? No, you turn 50 next year? 47. 47, okay. Yeah, but I had kids younger, so like my youngest son is almost 16. Mm-hmm. So we're heading into like empty nest, um, the company in a good place. 
So I think it's about I think it's about what you talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not I'm not one that's going to be happy <laughs> playing golf every day, especially because like when I play golf, it takes me you know, 90 to 100 shots instead of yeah. 60 to 70 to 80. And that's more tiring. I'm in the same boat, That's dude. more tiring. <laughs> Listen, I'm in the same boat. But I'm not going to – I've seen – I know that I want to do something that's um, significant, that makes a difference in our community, that can make a difference in our country and our world. And um, and I know I don't want to do the same thing for the rest of my life. Um, and I know I don't want to just retire and play golf all the time. And, and nothing against that. I mean, I think that's great. But I want to be able to um, – you know, continue to make a difference. Like we've we've worked so hard for so many years right. to get at this point, and I want to um, continue making a difference for people and, yeah. and and like I said, for the community. So I, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, we do we we got a place at the beach that we're working on right now, kind of mm-hmm. updating a little bit. So I love being down there and you know spending time. Um, spending time on the beach, spending time at the house, doing. What is the beach? What is the beach for you? Ocean Isle, Ocean Isle, North Carolina. Okay. okay. Yeah. What was that close to? Myrtle Beach? Is that just uh, it, north it, of the border? Yeah, just north. So it goes Calabash, Sunset, Ocean Isle. Gotcha. So it's about halfway between Wilmington and Myrtle Beach. Well, yeah. An hour and 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, and the airport there is like three minutes from my house. Oh, wow. And dude. the airport here is five minutes from my house. Yeah. It's seven minutes from my house. Yeah. From so, my house to my airplane is seven minutes. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think we got our answer there. We do, yeah, we <laughs> yeah. should. We I should. Think, we should. How about you? I mean, what are, what are y'all thinking? Where are we going? For us, you know, as a business, we you know we have lots of plans, a lot of strategies, a lot of programs coming out. Um, we have we're getting ready to go into some new verticals. But um, we talk about this all the time. And I joke with Charles about theater and, you know, place and yeah, stuff. But we really want to figure out what can we do locally um, that can be something huge and we haven't really hit on anything that's really, I shouldn't use the word exciting, but interesting to us. Mm-hmm. Right. Is, that, is that right? Right. You haven't found the right impact. Yeah, we, we, have, we don't know. Mm-hmm. We're still looking. Because I've been to quite a few, when I was based out of downtown office, I've been to quite a few meetings, you know, with government entities. Right. That's not my cup of tea. It's not right. my speed. I can't. I don't. My brain doesn't work when I'm sitting in that group, in that environment, because everything is so slow. Right. So I got to be in a different environment, different group of people. That something will come up, some idea will come up, and then we can work on it. Yeah, and I mean, getting the right people around the table for that. So yep. I, I mean, that's something yep. that. Um, I mean, I saw actually the chambers doing something with CEOs to get people together, um, and, and then is like, that the but, CEO meeting coming up? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and, and that's one thing, but also just getting creative voices around the table. I mean, so were you a business person of the year for this year? Uh, no, that was before COVID, 2019. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, back when everything was easy. <laughs> <laughs> the old days. Back, back in the good, back in the, uh, back in the good old days. <laughs> I had a conference call the other day, and it was like, why are we doing a conference call? If anything good came from COVID, is we have Zoom instead of Digital conference right. calls. I don't like Zoom instead of meetings, yeah. but right. I do like Zoom instead of conference calls because, yeah. like. Everybody was talking over each other. It was like, yeah. please put it, please say your name, <laughs> <laughs> David. Right, right. And then, right. It, you know, it's just like, yeah. what are we it's been doing? forever since I've been on I haven't done this yeah. since way back in 2019. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's true. <laughs> cool. Occasionally when we're on the IRS calls, it's like that. It's four minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. I could imagine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even they're moving to teams now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Awesome. Yeah. Any uh, final thoughts? Well, I, I just I'm, I appreciate 
Aggie and what you've done here in Rock Hill and, and you guys as well. I mean, it's uh, it, it is a special place. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited as, you know, what Williams and Fudge has been able to do and what we're continuing to be able to do. And I, I just encourage everybody. I mean, looking on that wall behind you, there's a lot of really, uh, really neat people that have done a lot of really neat things. And I think we're just getting yeah. started. So, yeah. but thank you guys. This is awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Thanks for uh, yeah. all you do. And I look forward to hearing your next guest. Let's go flying. Appreciate Good it. stuff. Let's do it. Let's Thanks. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for joining this episode of The Bandit Room. Stick around next week and see what we talk about. The Bandit Room is a production of Span Enterprises, located in sunny Rock Hill, South Carolina. We've been developing, supporting, and growing successful IRS e-filing and business management solutions since 2010. Go to spanenterprises.com now to learn more. The views and opinions expressed in The Bandit Room are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect or state the opinions of SPAN Enterprises. No information should be considered as tax, legal, or other professional advice.